you are Locked On NFL, your daily NFL podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Helping you out with your case of the Mondays. It's the Locked On NFL podcast. I'm your Monday host, Bo Brock, daily host of Locked On Cardinals. Today's episode brought to you by Built Bar. Go to BuiltBar.com, use the promo code LOCK15, and you'll get 15% off your next order. If you go to the website, you'll notice that the birthday cake with sprinkles bar is back for the limited time. Do yourself a favor, buy that bar, use the promo code LOCK15, save yourself some cash while doing so. Make sure you're following along on Twitter, at LockedOnNetwork, at B-O-B-R-A-C-K to follow me, Bo Brock. Huge podcast on tap. We're not going to spend a whole lot of time on it, but we're going to bring on Tony Wiggins from Locked On Jaguars, and he's going to tell us what the absolute best-case scenario is for Tim Tebow after he signed a deal in Jacksonville to reunite with his college coach, Urban Meyer. Also, we're going to get into it with our guy from Locked On Falcons, Aaron Freeman. He updates us with the latest on Julio Jones and those trade wins that are swirling around the future Hall of Fame wide receiver. You don't want to miss those interviews. It was an awesome weekend in sports. Of course, we had the NBA playoffs kind of tip off, even though you had the play-in tournament last week. Just some awesome games. Make sure you're checking out our friends over at Locked On NBA for all the absolute latest. Also, our friends over at Locked On Today will have you covered with all the news from over the weekend, including Phil Mickelson taking home the PGA Championship. couple news and notes before we really get into the beef of this podcast. Bradley Chubb, talented pass rusher, For the Denver Broncos, underwent surgery. I want to bring in real quick our guy from Locked On Broncos, Cody Rourke, with the latest on Chubb's procedure. Bradley Chubb this past week underwent a minor ankle procedure just to clean up some stuff. And usually that involves cleaning up some scar tissue. He is expected to miss OTAs, but is expected back for training camp and is not expected to miss a beat when he does come back. For more information on this, check out Monday's episode of Lockdown Broncos as we take a look at maybe some of the other options that can get some reps in OTAs and minicamp with Chubb being out. Absolutely check in with Cody for the latest on Bradley Chubb and the Denver Broncos. Patrick Mahomes sounds like he's going to be ready following toe turf surgery from February. Mahomes reportedly ahead of schedule according to ESPN and he'll be with the Chiefs when they begin their offseason practice this week. The initial plan after having the surgery to repair the turf toe in February was Mahomes would begin participation during the team's mid-June minicamp. But who's shocked to find out that Patrick Mahomes is an absolute freak and quick healer? You have to be excited, too, that he's ready to rock and roll behind that absolute restocked offensive line. If you forget or you didn't see what the Chiefs have done to that O-line that we all remember the last time we watched them play in the Super Bowl against Tampa Bay, it was Patrick Mahomes running for his life. But they've added Joe Tooney from the Patriots, Orlando Brown from the Ravens to the tackle spot. They also added Kyle Long out of retirement. Is kind of a Swiss Army knife across that offensive line. They drafted Creed Humphrey, the center out of Oklahoma. And you've got the return of Austin Blythe and LDT. So if you're a Chiefs fan, you have a lot more to be encouraged about. I mean, come on, your quarterback's Patrick Mahomes, but he's ready to go, it looks like, for the Chiefs earlier than expected. And today's the official start of Phase 3 of the offseason program around the NFL, which is going to run four weeks in length through June 18th. During Phase 3, 
teams may conduct a total of 10 days of organized team activities. OTAs, no live contact is permitted, but you can do 7-on-7, 9-on-7, and 11-on-11 drills. They're permitted and through Article 22 of the CBA. Trust me, I have this memorized. No, I'm just joking. But it stipulates that clubs may hold one mandatory minicamp for veteran players during this Phase 3. Now, I mentioned we are going to talk to Tony Wiggins from Locked on Jags about the Tebow signing. He officially rejoins his college coach, Urban Meyer, for the Jags. And that's one of the better college head coach quarterback duos that any of us can name right off the top of our heads. Uh, and it got me kind of thinking. Urban Meyer now, his quarterback is Trevor Lawrence. And we'll see how that tandem works out. Like, they are tied at the hip. And both of their success is going to be dependent on one another. It's not Tebow. He might be there. But it's Trevor Lawrence. It's Urban Meyer. Now, I also was thinking, man, the quarterback-coach duos, the elite tandems that we had in the NFL, they're kind of sparse these days. Because, of course, last offseason, the GOAT duo of Brady-Belichick broke up. Tom teamed up with Bruce Arians for a title with the Bucks. There's even a book that just came out of it. It's a, it's a season in the sun, the behind-the-scenes story of B.A. and Tom Brady and how the Bucks came together to deliver the most improbable Super Bowl victories in NFL history. But no more Breeze and Peyton. That dynamic duo is over after Breeze retired. The mainstay in the Big Easy. But I've got a trio of signal caller head coach tandems that I believe are rock solid. But after that, it gets murky. And if you were to make this top five list, it'd be tough. I think that Josh Allen and Sean McDermott are knocking on the door. I think that Lamar Jackson and John Harbaugh obviously deserve some credit because they made them their way to the postseason three consecutive seasons. You have Lamar Jackson. He took some home some hardware as the NFL MVP in 2019 but I'm still not saying that that's an elite duo. And you can you can crush me on it on Twitter if you disagree at B-O-B-R-A-C-K. And despite the success of the past two seasons, an MVP award, I can't put Aaron Rodgers and Matt LaFleur on this list because of the Jerry Springer-esque dysfunction going on in Green Bay. They've won a lot of a ton of games together, but I, I can't I can't put it on the list right, right now. I, they, they're not rock solid. We don't know what the future holds. And I know there's hype surrounding Matthew Stafford and Sean McVay, but we haven't seen that duo yet in action, although they vacationed together in Mexico already. Says something, but nothing as far as how it's going to work on the playing field. But as far as the best head coach, quarterback duos, I think elite status in the NFL right now, and you'd be tough to say I'm crazy for putting these guys on the list, is the ones I already mentioned, Bruce Arians and Tom Brady, the fact that they are able to come together during a pandemic season and still get the job done shows what kind of level they're on together. I've got them as number two. I don't have them as number one. Number three on this list, I have Pete Carroll and Russell Wilson. And you're like, well, you said that you couldn't justify putting Aaron Rodgers and Matt LaFleur on here because of dysfunction. What about the, the dysfunction going on up in the Pacific Northwest in Seattle? And it, it seems like Pete Carroll recently said that's you know basically a, sing, a thing of the past. It's an old story, paraphrasing on both, but it's nothing to worry about. That duo's been together now nine seasons, and they've won no less than nine games each and every year. It was 2017. They missed that their only time they missed the playoffs. I think that they are rock solid, especially on game day, 
quarterback head coach duos. And then, of course, number one overall is is Patrick Mahomes and Andy Reid. I know that Tom Brady and Bruce Arians, they got the best of them last Super Bowl Sunday, but you can't deny the talent of Patrick Mahomes and Andy Reid making the decision to move off of Alex Smith following a postseason run in 2017 to go with Patrick Mahomes and what's transpired since then. It's undeniable. It's the top head coach, quarterback tandem in the league. What's yours? Let us know. At Locked On Network. At B-O-B-R-A-C-K. The rumors are swirling surrounding Julio Jones. Is he on his way out of Atlanta? We're going to talk to our guy Aaron Freeman from Locked On Falcons. Plus, later in the show, we're going to hit up our guy Tony Wiggins from Locked On Jaguars. Get the lowdown on Tim Tebow and all the other headlines coming out of Jacksonville and a banner offseason for the organization. It's the Locked On NFL Podcast. Us here at the Locked On NFL Podcast want you to know that Credit Karma has always been there to help you make better financial decisions, and now they want to help you even more. With a Credit Karma spend account, you can be rewarded for good money habits. Who doesn't want instant gratification? If you're looking for satisfaction, there's no need to wait. Credit Karma Money is a brand new checking account where you can win cash reimbursements for making purchases. When you use your Credit Karma Money debit card, you can win daily instant karma purchase reimbursements on items up to $5,000. Just pay with your debit card, and if you win, you'll be notified on the spot, and your instant karma cash will be added back to your spend account. Credit Karma Money has already given away over $3 million in instant karma to over 50,000 Credit Karma members and counting. Open your FDIC-insured spend account for free. There's no minimum balance requirements, no overdraft fees, and free withdrawals from the network of over 50,000 ATMs. Credit Karma Money. Progress starts here. Right now, visit creditkarma.com slash winmoney to open your free account and start winning instant karma. That's creditkarma.com slash winmoney. Instant Karma is sponsored by Credit Karma. No purchase necessary. Exclusions and terms apply. See rules. Banking services provided by MVB Bank, Inc. Member FDIC. Maximum balance and transfer limits apply. The Atlanta Falcons, they're in a really weird place. Brand new leadership group, GM Terry Fontenot, head coach Arthur Smith, reshaping this roster that has future Ring of Honor members, probably rubber stamp Hall of Famers, those star players that also have a lot of guaranteed potential dead salary cap dollars attached to them. To kind of help us figure out this rebuilding, this reshaping of the Falcons, is of course Lockdown Falcons host Aaron Freeman. Aaron, thanks for joining us. Uh, does a post-June 1st trade of Julio Jones make sense for the Atlanta Falcons? It makes sense from a financial standpoint. When you're looking at the Falcons' current salary cap situation, they don't have enough cap space to sign their rookies. Uh, and obviously they're going to need some cap space going into the season. In the event of injuries that happen, you have to make midseason moves. You need money to be able to make those moves, as well as the potential of making some moves at the end of training camp when various teams are cutting players and they have to you know, shore up various areas of their roster. So from that standpoint, the $15.3 million that the Falcons would get if they trade Julio Jones after June 1st this year would be able to help them solve all of those problems in one fell swoop. Where it doesn't necessarily make sense is you're losing Julio Jones in terms of what his impact on the football field and with the Falcons seemingly signaling to everybody in the world that they're not necessarily you know, preparing for an immediate rebuild by selecting Kyle Pitts, number four overall uh, in this past year's draft, you would think that you would want to bring Julio Jones 
along for at least one more swing uh, at the plate with him and Matt Ryan and Kyle Pitts and Calvin Ridley and see just how potent this offense can be. And when I look at this Falcons roster, I see a struggling defense that at best will be a below average uh, defense. And if they're going to win games this year, they're going to have to put up as many points as possible. And it's hard to imagine a scenario where that becomes easier by getting rid of your best player, arguably your best player in Julio Jones. Yeah, it's, it's an interesting debate in, to kind of use the baseball analogy, the battery of Matt Ryan and Julio Jones. And you look at this Atlanta Falcons uh, fan base and you're dialed in. If, if given the choice, who would they choose to have finished their careers in Atlanta Falcon, Matt Ryan or Julio Jones? I think, well, you know, the nature of being a quarterback means that you're not universally beloved. Sure. So I think Julio Jones' his approval rating is is much higher than Matt Ryan's approval rating, given the heights that Julio Jones has been at. I think the answer to the question is Julio Jones is the guy that I think the majority of Falcon fans would much rather see play, uh, you know, three to five more years here in Atlanta than necessarily Matt Ryan. That's not a dig at Matt Ryan, but it is just the nature of the beast that – People always look at the quarterback when they are not winning, which has been the case for the Falcons the last couple of years, and put a lot of the blame on that and say, maybe we should get rid of that guy, and that will uh, help solve some of those problems. Has your idea of which direction this new uh, just brain trust that is you know, Terry Fondo and Arthur Smith, has it changed which direction you thought they would go as far as this roster was concerned? Yeah, I thought the, at the beginning of the offseason with their sort of low-key approach in free agency, not spending any money, you know, it seemed like they were signaling a, a rebuild and with the draft position that they had at number four world selection, being able to take a quarterback that high, it seemed like that was the direction, at least I thought they were headed in, heading into the draft. Then they zigged when I expected them to zag, taking uh, Kyle Pitts there at the number four. Not a huge surprise, but uh, not necessarily what I thought was going to be their initial plan. Uh, at that pick. And it, it does seem like the team is, you know, not necessarily all in on trying to win now, but certainly feels like there's much left in the tank for Matt Ryan. If they didn't think that way, then you almost certainly would imagine that they would have taken a quarterback at that uh, number four overall selection. And so, you know, it, it just seems a little bit to me that, you know, the regime is kind of going back and forth. They're, they're kind of making it up as they go along, mm-hmm. which is not necessarily a bad decision because the Falcons are kind of in this sort of salary cap predicament where they have to kind of like buy a little bit more time so that they can evaluate this roster fully, uh, you know, this upcoming season and then maybe make some of those bigger decisions next offseason. But at the same time, you, you kind of when a new regime comes in, you kind of want that sort of big picture plan moving forward. And so they're just kind of straddling both sides of the fence, I think, a little bit, like not necessarily going full on in a win now mode, uh, given these rumors surrounding trading Julio Jones, Mm -hmm. but also not necessarily uh, fully embracing a rebuild at at this point in time. So it just kind of changes, I wouldn't say day to day, but seemingly month to month, it does seem like things are are going back and forth uh, with their sort of trajectory. Bo Brock, Aaron Freeman from Locked On Falcons. Give him a follow on on Twitter. Great follow, at FalcFans. He joins us here on the Locked On NFL podcast. And uh, how much do you think uh, Julio Jones has left in the tank at 32? And what type of compensation do you think the Falcons could should expect to receive in return for a talent of his caliber? I think Julio has plenty left in the tank. I don't know if he's going to be the Julio that we have seen him be these last 
you know, six or seven years now where you could uh, certainly make the case, and, and Falcon fans have been making that case, that he's the best wide receiver in the NFL. I don't know if he's going to have more than maybe this season as that type of guy who's a legitimate, bona fide top five wide receiver. And a lot of that will depend on how healthy he can be. Uh, he looked like that player still last year when he was healthy, but obviously missed, uh, what, half the season, seven or eight games last year. So, you know, the health concerns are going to in, impact how good of a player he is. But I still think even if he's not that guy, he's still going to be one of the top receivers in the league. You know, guys that are as big, as fast, as uh, skilled as Julio Jones, they don't necessarily just lose it all at once. So I, I feel like he's probably, even if he's not going to be that guy that's going to get you like 14, 1500 yards receiving like he has been known to do most years, he's still going to probably be a thousand yard receiver for another three or four years. So if that's what you're looking for, if you're looking for a guy that can still be a, a number one target for most NFL teams, I think he's got plenty of years uh, left in the tank as far as that goes. Yeah, no doubt about it. And when we talk about compensation, as we look at our friends over at Bet Online, they have the odds, your favorites, the Baltimore Ravens, the 49ers, Patriots, Chargers. Uh, still with the question in mind about what they should receive in return, even though, the, you know, as far as the salaries concerned for Julio Jones, it's a pretty high price tag. But uh, what's the ideal situation? Where, where's the ideal team to send Julio Jones back? And I mean, the Falcons would have to face him if he goes to New England. You also have, you don't want to, I mean, I can't imagine anybody in Atlanta wants to see Julio Jones go to the team that they lost to in the Super Bowl. Uh, anywhere that you, you would be okay or if Falcons fans would be all right seeing Julio Jones suit up for next season and beyond? Well, I, I can only speak for myself. And since the end of last season, I have been on the Baltimore Ravens or bust bandwagon. Sure. Uh, I feel like that makes the most sense for both teams. You get Julio away from the the out of the conference, you put him on a team that at least in theory, you're not going to necessarily see the Ravens throw the ball a bunch. So it's not like you're going to have a situation similar to what the, the Texans felt with DeAndre Hopkins, where he's going to go out there and have this uh, monster season like he did in, in Arizona. Um, and, you know, he may not have the production, but he certainly still will uh, impact that offense because he can give them that number one receiver and also is a very good run blocker that will fit in with that scheme. I think at this point in time in Julio's career, you're, you're kind of looking at a similar compensation level that the Cardinals sent to Houston last year, hmm. which is a second round pick and some change and, and maybe a player. Uh, given that the Falcons have a number of holes, you know, I think they could probably ramp up the price and and ask for a number of sort of young players at some maybe key positions, get another pass rusher, get another young wide receiver, get maybe some offensive line help. Uh, you know, they can maybe hold teams feet to the fire if they're not necessarily as willing to give up, you know, high round draft picks and just say, like, you know, we're, we're now going to have the cap space with that $15 million clearance. You know, let, let's give us some of your your first round picks or second round picks mm -hmm. or early round picks that you may not necessarily be as sold on after a couple of years. And we'll take them on as reclamation projects and, and add some talent to this Falcons roster. So we've got Julio Jones, his future with the team. It's cloudy, to say the least. Matt Ryan, probably murkier waters as well. Uh we do know who's going to be probably a mainstay for this organization, the guy that they selected fourth overall out of Florida and Kyle Pitts, the uh, just offensive weapon, tight end, if you want to label him position. What have the early returns been for Kyle Pitts following rookie minicamp? A lot of positives. Uh, you know, you, you don't get uh, the level of 
competition that you expect once you get more into the mandatory stuff where everybody's there. He's just, you know, he's he's beating up on fellow rookies, which he beat up at the SEC level. So it's one of those things where you may not be able to glean too, too much from it. But uh, certainly the early going on Kyle Pitts is that, you know, he's looking just as good as advertised. Aaron Freeman, make sure you're following along on Twitter at FalcFans. And, of course, you're listening on a daily basis to Locked on Falcons. Aaron, thank you so much for your insight, man. Appreciate it, Bo. Tim Tebow is officially the NFL version of Michael Myers. You think he's gone forever, and he keeps coming back. At the age of 33, he's officially a member of the Jacksonville Jaguars, reuniting with his college coach, Urban Meyer. We got our guy, Tony Wiggins. He's going to give us realistic expectations for Tebow in Jacksonville. Like, will Tebow even see time in the NFL regular season? It's coming up. Have you heard? It's back. Here's to celebrating you. Birthday cake with sprinkles. The Built Bar is back with 100% real white chocolate. Now, when you think about Built Bar, you think about every bar is covered in 100% chocolate. But this one's white chocolate. It's the birthday cake. It's back. Find it at BuiltBar.com. We're tasty and healthy. Those worlds collide. Built Bar always has nine delicious flavors, plus the occasional limited time flavor going. You've got coconut, always. Coconut almond, cherry, raspberry, mint brownie, peanut butter brownie, double chocolate, and salted caramel. There's something for everyone. I recommend getting a mix box, two of every flavor. Not only are Built Bars the best tasting protein bar, they're healthy too. Most flavors have 17 grams of muscle packing protein, only 130 calories, only 4 grams of sugar, and only 4 grams of net carbs. Order today. Get that birthday cake or whatever you like. Go to BuiltBar.com. Use the promo code LOCKED15 and you'll get 15% off your first order. That's using the promo code LOCKED15, L-O-C-K-E-D-1-5, for 15% off at BuiltBar.com. It's the Lockdown NFL Podcast. Bo Brock hanging out with you on a Monday. And the Jacksonville Jaguars continue to be in the headlines. We are joined by the guy covering it all from Lockdown Jags host, Tony Wiggins. Tony, can you remember an offseason where the Jags were involved in so many different stories, been in the headlines, been in the news cycle this often? No, not for uh, the polarizing reasons, good and bad. Uh, The good stuff is Trevor Lawrence, and Urban Meyer, and then that turns bad when the national media, it seems like some guys just didn't want Trevor Lawrence to come here because they wanted to cover him without actually having to cover Jacksonville and to end up changing their narratives. You know, it's almost like we're the Kwame Brown of the NBA, I mean, of the <laughs> NFL. It's like you guys for 20 years have been so used to just saying bad stuff about us. Now, the the chance that you might have to start saying something good, you just can't believe it. You know what I'm saying? So, uh and then it doesn't help that Urban made a hire, of course, in the performance department that he had to backtrack from. And, of course, Tebow. Yeah. And it looks like favoritism and all of that stuff. So it's good and bad. But, you know, for me, it's good because it's either going to be successful or it's going to be a beautiful disaster and it's going to come out publicly. And uh, I'll cover it either way, you yeah. know. So that's yeah. the way it goes. No doubt about it. I mean, let's talk about you. You mentioned the coaching staff because it kind of remains in flux. I mean, despite them hiring Urban months ago, You've got special teams coordinator Brian Schneider stepping away most recently. Any insight on why he suddenly uh, decided to exit Jacksonville? I did not uh, get any insight other than speculation. And that stuff I I try not to report on 
and, and, and be a gossiper or anything like that. But uh, I haven't heard that it's anything uh, super, super negative. In fact, uh, everything that I seem to get is that it's it's for it's for reasons that the Jaguars are going to be very, very supportive. So, um, you, like I said, you don't want to speculate on, on those type of things, but uh, I don't think it was like a misfire or a mishire or anything like mm-hmm. that. I think it's more probably a personal family issue, and I think he's just going to need the support of the team. And he's already exited, uh, I think, was it 10 months ago? He already exited a, a previous franchise. So uh, probably not a b- piece of this uh, bigger picture with Urban Meyer and his coaching staff, but he was the special teams coordinator. We had the official news from Tim Tebow last week. He signed with the team. What is the honest like best case scenario for this reunion between Urban Meyer and Tim Tebow that could play out for the Jacksonville Jaguars? Uh, because I have so much respect for NFL players, and you know, I got that because of them, by the way, because they, you know, the players and the coaches have always told you how hard they have to work, how tedious they have to be, how they have to do film study, how they have to they have one hundred percent buy in. So my opinion that he's not going to make a big contribution has nothing to do with me not wanting to see him succeed. It's just that for 45 years, I'm 52 now, almost 52, but for 45 years, I believe that you had to be very myopic and mamba-like in your approach in order to be Mm -hmm. successful as a pro athlete. And I believe that because of what they told me. And now some of those people are telling you that a guy who's been trying to hit curveballs and knuckleballs (laughs) for eight years can just come right back and all of a sudden show up and contribute. And uh, to me, you're devaluing not only your profession, but you're devaluing everything that you've told Tony Wiggins since he's been a seven-year-old child of what it was like to be a professional football player. So my best case scenario is, is that what he does do well is show up early and leave late and work really hard. And it forces everyone else in the building to do the same thing. But at the end of the day, I've heard players often say, none of that stuff means anything when once the whistle blows, if you can't get out there and help us play, then nobody's really paying attention to you. All right, so kind of like a, a glorified maybe cheerleader, a guy can lead by example, teach these guys some good habits off the field. But as far as your best case scenario, and this is why we love the Locked On Network is because it's an unbiased approach uh, of covering these teams, is Tim Tebow's not going to make any impact between the lines. I don't think so. And yeah. if he does, I'll be happy for him. Yeah. Uh, and it'll be because Urban Taylor made something for him. You get on the one-yard line and you give the ball to Tebow. But when you do that, you take your prized all-time, one of the greatest prospects ever on the goal line in the most critical situation, and you put him on the sideline with you. That doesn't make sense to me in any scenario to do that. You wouldn't do it for Aaron Rodgers. Imagine that. Imagine you taking a ball out of Aaron Rodgers or Tom. (laughs) And I'm not saying Trevor Lawrence is one of those guys, but what I'm saying is that's who they hope he turns out to be. Sure. Imagine you you calling Peyton Manning to the sideline and running in a, a glorified tight end slash running back. What does that do? At some point, that guy goes, you're kidding me, right? So I don't understand what he's going to be able to accomplish and what he's going to be able to do to really help the team after being away for so long. And after being, he's 34. Yeah. He's 34 years old. Tony Wiggins, Locked On Jags, joins us here for a few minutes here on the Locked On NFL podcast. And, uh, you know, rookie minicamp happened a couple weeks ago. We had Lawrence on a pitch count. He had that uh, non-throwing shoulder surgery. What was the biggest highlight so far for the 2021 first-year players as they donned their Jags gear for the first time ever? I think it's the fact that they had so many guys. They were at over 90% attendance for voluntary stuff. 
And this is just not the young guys. This is just everybody's been in that building working really, really hard, wanting to change the narrative and wanting to change the trajectory of the franchise. They're bought into it. And it's almost like a college atmosphere in that in that sense. And uh, just having a guy. You, when we used to have these joint practices, you see your guys and you think your guys are good. But then you see the other team come in and you're like, oh, my God, just having a guy like Trevor on the field. Mm-hmm. He looked like freaking secretariat. If you, you know, you know what I'm saying? You look and it's just, oh, it's different. And he just looks like a different type of guy than, say, a guy like Gardner Minshew last year or Blake Bortles before him. He looks different and when you see a guy that's the number one overall pick you understand why it's not all about looks now it's not a dog and pony show but the confidence the athleticism the way he moves his fluidity and uh travis Etienne, the same yeah. thing they look different and it, and you know it, it's it's a it's a calm enthusiasm but we have to really really wait until the pads go on and see them start popping Last question before we get you out of here. GM Trent Baalke admitted that uh, top pick Trevor Lawrence sent the team the voicemail three times, and the NFL also required the team to wait seven minutes before turning in the pick for Lawrence. I mean, talk about a dog and pony show. I mean, would, do you think that the NFL probably would have even just held up the pick if the Jags put it in immediately? They they probably would have had to. Uh, that's an interesting thing that happened, and they even videotaped it. And when he went to voicemail, everybody was like, "He went to vo- we went to voicemail," and I think Urban called him on another phone or something like that. But uh, I, I hope he did it because he has a sense of humor, right? And it's just like everybody piped out, man, calm down. I'm coming to Jacksonville, so it was all fun. And the fact that the Jaguars have been so transparent with recording this and putting it out uh, on draft, they they even showed some stuff on their draft board, man, and. They've been real transparent in that respect. Uh, it's refreshing, but it still comes down to wins and losses. You can do all the things right in the offseason. The bottom line, the, the thing that's going to turn this franchise around is being detail-oriented and being on the football field and winning and doing the little things that you have to do to win games. It's almost like a boxer. You can compete, but do you know how to win rounds? Right. And I think I think the details allow you to win rounds. I've seen boxing matches where it looks even, but a guy just doesn't know how to get those rounds in the bank. Well, that's when you can you convert third and three. Yeah. That's when you convert third and four, and that's when you get on and off the field when you have to, and you get the W. And I think a detailed guy like Urban Meyer has a shot to get Jacksonville to turn that corner and get in the right direction. Good sound football is sure. what's going to turn this thing around, yeah. nothing else. Being technically sound, be paying a close attention to those small details, absolutely. A guy that does it on his podcast each and every day, Locked on Jaguars, Tony Wiggins, joining us on his anniversary. Helped this man celebrate 14 years with his lovely wife, Married to the game, married to his wife. Tony, thank you so much, my man. Thank you, man, Bo. I appreciate it. And me and James will be on Wednesday. Absolutely. Me and James Rapine running. That's Just right. Just a great, cool, sitting on a bar stool talking some football. Tony Wiggins, James Rapine. It's Must Listen podcast on Wednesdays right here on the Locked On NFL podcast. Thanks, Tony. All right, Bo. Appreciate it. That's going to do it for me, Bo Brock. Make sure you're following along on Twitter at B-O-B-R-A-C-K. And, of course, tell us at Locked On Network. Which quarterback coach duo you think is tops in the NFL? I gave you mine. I think it's Mahomes and Reed. Despite the loss in the Super Bowl, they have the edge over Brady and Arians. And I gave you three quarterback coach duos. You let me know who we left out. We want to talk to you. We want to have that debate, that discussion online at Locked On Network. Before Tony and James come at you on Wednesday, it's Ross Jackson and Lucas Braun tomorrow. 
They've got the latest news from around the NFL, plus they're taking a look at your fantasy squad. It's coming up on Tuesdays, Locked On NFL. In the meantime, have a great rest of your Monday. I'll talk to you guys next week. It's the Locked On NFL Podcast.